to give the Lord praise and glory. Come on, come on. Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Oh, so good to be in the house of the Lord. Welcome to first service. Um, it, we'll dismiss the kids now. Uh, they can get settled into the Sunday school hour. Um, everything that's happening there. And Wow, it's good to be uh, in God's house getting ready to celebrate Christmas. Uh, the the uh, greeters and ushers, they informed me right before worship, I forgot to say it, that there's a silver car in the parking lot. Maybe they already took care of it. It has a tire going flat. So uh, they want to make sure that they can get to that and help that out before service is over. So if you have drove in a silver Honda, uh, excuse me, silver Honda, let them go and help you uh, for sure. Amen? Yeah. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Je- uh, Galatians 4. Galatians 4. How many of you are ready for Christmas? Who, who's, got, who's got trees up already? Yeah, some of you. Uh, my, my, you know, usually Thanksgiving, people start getting, we're, we're, ours is up, but there's still some decorating happening. Uh, a couple of the grandkids have been around to help and whatnot, but it's a little hot, guys, for me. I can, this is a little hot. Um, Little London was over the other day, and, and she was helping, and, and uh, she would take two ornaments of the same color each time, and they had to go right next to one another. And my, my wife was trying to tell her, no, you, you need to separate her. She wouldn't have any of that. So they, they got to be right next to each other, and I was like, what? Just let her put them where they, who cares? Just, so she just put them right there. So you walk in our house, and there are different color ornaments, but there are pairs. So it's, at least as far up as she can reach anyway. Uh, that was great. Yeah, she, the high ones, she pointed it out. So, uh, How many of you got presents under the tree already? Wait, Avian, there's no presents under the tree at your house yet? There is? None of them have your name on it, though, do they? <laughs> Galatians chapter 4. This is, this is going to be our key Scripture now, and, and I'm going to work through this. I haven't preached in several weeks, so y'all are going to have to bear with me. My wife said, oh, Lord, here we go. But I, I want you to grab a hold of something here in Galatians as we start uh, this sermon series on Christmas. Everybody say, it's time. It's time, right? Like, there is so much that we wait on. And you know how long you've waited and how long you've waited and how long you've waited. And finally, right, finally... It's time. You know, you've been waiting on that vacation, right? And that last day of work, and you, you know, it's time, right? The, the problem with waiting and the idea of it's time is you want it to be time before the time actually gets here. It's time. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, but when the fullness of, 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 but when the fullness of the time had come, Everybody say it's time. God sent forth his son born of a woman, born under the law. To redeem those who were under the law that they might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave but a son. 
And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So, Father, would you bless the reading of the word to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart. Lord, as we start this journey to Christmas, I pray that the joy of the Lord will well up inside of us. That the true aspect of what you're doing during this season for us will be revealed. The greatest gift of all, wrapped in swaddling clothes, placed in a manger, later to be put on a tree. Lord, we bless you. Our hearts are ready. Lord, we say it's time. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Now, let me, just, let me just lay this out here to you because I love this. I remember uh, the first Christmas as believers. We got saved in, in September of 1992, and then Christmas followed shortly after. And, and it, was com- it was just a complete different atmosphere for us that year. We were new believers. We were just, you know, we were in church and we we're just learning about all these things. And we were hearing these messages. Pastor Rick would, would share a, a, a Christmas sermon series every year. And, and there was an excitement that was different in our life than ever had been before. There's always excitement at Christmas. Come on, somebody. Because, you know, that time of year starts rolling around and, and you ask this question, what do you want for Christmas? Or so maybe someone comes up and asks you that question like, Avian, what do you want for Christmas? Yeah. Right? And th- that's kind of an excitement there. Now, see, for me, it's pretty easy because like the Amazon shopping cart. Yeah. Yeah. My, my wife is just like, well, what do you want for Christmas? Sweetheart, just pull up Amazon, the shopping cart. Right? It's a... I'm good. I'm not making this complicated for you. Hello, somebody. Don't act like you don't do that. Let me say this to you right now. Listen, believers, new believers alike, uh, people who have been walking with Jesus for a long time, people who maybe have begun to transition into a new walk with Christ, even if you have been walking with God for a long time. There's a a freshness and a newness in our life right now, in in our walk with God. And I want to say this to you. I want to put it right out here. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what religion you are from, no matter where you live in the world, there is absolutely no avoiding Christianity. Christmas. You can't avoid it, atheist or not. It cannot be avoided. Let me, let me illustrate that for you. It is literally celebrated one twelfth of the year. It's celebrated for a whole month. As soon as Thanksgiving's over, hello somebody. It's celebrated. It begins to, the music starts to, the decor goes up. All the things, the atmosphere begins to change. All the holidays get one day. What if Father's Day was celebrated the whole month of June, guys? Come on. on. Home Depot. Menards. I bet they'd have a decorating theme. Come on, somebody. It's not so. One day, 
Easter. Christmas and Easter, I would, I would argue to you, are the most strategic dates on the calendar. Christmas is literally celebrated for a whole month. Normal routines are set aside. Uh, um, shopping happens. Singing parties happen. I, I, got, a, I got a text message uh, just this week. Hey, there's going to be caroling on, and, and happening. And the, these things are beginning to plan. Parties, church services, decorations, traveling. There are stores and careers specifically dedicated to this holiday. Like somewhere down in the Smokies, there's like a, a, a store that's open 20, uh, uh, seven days a week all year long. And it's a Christmas store. Is it down in Sevierville or Gatlinburg or? Somewhere in that area. It, it's, all, it's all year. It's open and, and the store is always full. Think about this. There are careers. There are There are companies that bank their whole budget on the holiday season of Christmas. Economic numbers move up and down based on the economy of Christmas. Think about this. And it's not the world's holiday. It's ours. You can't, you can't avoid Christmas. You can't miss it. Listen to me, church. It's everywhere. How crazy is it that the unassuming birth of a peasant boy born 2,000 years ago in the Middle East would cause such a commotion? I, listen, you can't. It's Christmas. His birthday... Causes traffic jams from New York to California. To Africa. Without even realizing it, every time you write a check. And you put a date on it. You're using Jesus as a reference. It's his birthday. That divided history in half. Every date on the calendar is a reference. Every date on your calendar is a reference of how many days it's been since the Lord was born. History. Records itself in two errors before Christ and after. Come on, someone. What man in history's birthday split time in half? Even your birthday is a reference to hit. <laughs> that. See, that's a, we can't say, that's an X tweet. It used to be tweet. You could tweet, you can X that. Even your birthday is a reference to his. This is how important Christmas is. 
And so on a night thousand years ago, a night just like thousand year, uh, nights before it, there, something to, that would happen that would not only change shepherds' lives, but the lives of everyone on planet earth going forward. Come on. Luke chapter 2. Verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Christ Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a feed trough. It would change the course of history forever. But here's the problem. Great joy? Really? Because why do most people feel like Christmas is more of a hassle than a joy? Why is Christmas a source of stress? Pressure and duty instead of pleasure and delight. Truth be told, Christian and non-Christian alike, most people just endure Christmas. You are quiet. Why? Missing loved ones. We can't not think about them. Maybe, maybe you're not looking forward to Christmas because you got to go spend time with family and you got an oddball relative. And you're just like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to have too much eggnog. And see, if you're not thinking that way, you might be the oddball relative. Lord, help us. Do we have to? Not to mention this, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it loud because you and I know it's true. Most families live all year in a strained relationship with each other anyway. And now we got to get together at Christmas and pretend like that ain't True. Now i got to draw the name of somebody and buy them a present. I don't even like that person. Come on, Pastor Don's helping us. Maybe the year that's coming to an end has been so exhausting for you that you got nothing left. See, I want you to know that God sees and knows all things. And as odd as it may sound, Christmas is the best news you're going to get. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. You see, I believe we live in a world and a time where there is nothing more important for us as believers than to understand the implications that Christmas has on our lives. God's gift 
to us at Christmas. Come on. It's the most expensive gift you're ever going to receive. It's the blood of Christ. Come on, church. It's the only gift that's going to last forever. You don't have to worry about, does it have a warranty? Will they honor the warranty if it ever breaks, right? It's the most practical gift you're ever going to see, ever receive, because you're going to use it every day of your life for the rest of your days. I'll say it over and over and over again. There are some things in life that are so practical that we say, yeah, I can spend money on it. No one barks at me about how much money I spend. Why? Because I use this every day. I use my phone every day. It's expensive. I use it every day. I bank on it. I talk to everybody on it. My whole life is on it. Everything is dealt with it. I go on Amazon and look for joy by the dozen on it. I can't find it. It's But man, if I spend $200 on a Bible, I get lectured. I use it every day. I'm going to go to church every week, receive the gift of Christmas during Christmas season. Yeah, because I use it every day. Can I help us out, church? Christmas not an accident. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. The angels didn't show up and go, well, um, you know, something happened and God has got a new plan now. It didn't just happen. On that first Christmas night, the angels announced, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's right there in your Bible. It's time to celebrate. They, they announced it's time for salvation. They announced it's time for reconciliation. On that first Christmas night, they announced it's time. It's time. I read a recent survey of Christmas shoppers. Interesting. And this survey asked these Christmas shoppers, what are you celebrating this year? Here were their answers. I made it through another year. What are you celebrating this year? I, I, I get to be home with my family. What are you celebrating this year? I got a huge Christmas bonus. What are you celebrating this year? My son is home from the military. What are you celebrating this year? This was literally on the survey. The politician I voted for in November 1. It was, it was an answer. What are you celebrating this year? I finished all my shopping. Avian Yance put, had that answer on there. I saw her name next to it. I'm sorry. I, what happened today? I don't know, Avian. I don't. What are you celebrating this year? I'm not celebrating. I'm just trying to survive. That was an answer on the survey. God intended. For Christmas to be a celebration. See, some of y'all should have said amen right there, but you didn't. Luke chapter 10, see, you haven't read your Bible. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, and the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. God intended, He intended for Christmas to be a celebration. Christmas is personal. I bring you. I don't, I don't have a trick Bible. That's what it says. 
I bring you is what the angel said. It's personal. I bring you. It's personal. Christmas is positive. It's positive. Good news of great joy. Someone comes up to me and says, Pastor Don, I got good news and bad news. What do you want first? I want the bad news first because I got to end on a positive note. Good news. Good news. Christmas is positive. Let me help you out. I don't care. I opened up the sermon this way and you can't talk me out of it. No matter who you are, where you are, what religion you are, where you live on planet earth, you cannot avoid Christmas. And so therefore Christmas is universal. Why? Because the scripture says for all people. Third-year students in Edge Bible College just went through 14 weeks, a subject titled, Learning to Minister to Muslims. I promise you every believer should go through that course. The emphasis on the power of Jesus and who he is is an unbelievable thing. That the Quran itself in the book of Surah, which would be like their book of Proverbs, tells Muslim people that if you have any questions. Now listen, Christians are listed in the Quran, all through the Quran, they're labeled as the people of the book. And the Surah in the Quran tells Muslim people, if you have any questions that the Quran has not answered... Go ask the people of the book. It's right in their own holy book. Why? Because when Muhammad was born, it was after the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You've got to have something before. Come on, somebody. Christmas is universal. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, or where you're headed. This news is for you. The news that God loves you. The news that God is with you. And the news that God is for you. It's the news of Christmas. It's time to celebrate. God loves us. It's time to celebrate. The entire reason for Christmas is because God loves you. And the proof is in his incarnation. Can I say this to his church? I'm going to give you some good theology here this morning. Maybe it will shake your way of thinking. God became one of us. Not so that he could know what it was like to be us. He became one of us so we could know what he is like. Being created in his image is what gives us the ability to enjoy a personal relationship. He took the initiative, Luke chapter 2, declared in Galatians chapter 4. In the process of time, in due time, God sent his son, born of a virgin. Come on, church. It's time. Everybody say, it's time. It's time for us to get this right. It's time for us to understand who we are. He took the initiative. He sent Jesus in the process of time so we could understand his love and our need for him. Let me just be honest with you. You get a whole bunch of stuff at Christmas you don't need. 
Every time my wife pulls up the Amazon cart, you know what her first words are? You don't need that. You don't need that. Yeah, I'm a grown man. I know what I need. Listen, I, I, I'm a creationist, but you're never going to talk me out of it, right? Like, I, my theology and the aspect of creation is an incredible... I, listen, I'm a creationist at the core. And I believe that creation itself declares the glory of God. I, I, don't, I don't believe that you can look at creation and not see God. I, I just don't believe it. I don't believe you can look at anything in creation and not see intelligent design. It just, it's just, you know, I just don't, it's hilarious when you come across something so beautiful and magnificent and so intelligently designed. Tim and I do this all the time and go, oh yeah, but that was an accident. It just happened to, it was an accident. I have never had an accident that good. Most of my accidents happen and I'm praying for the, the, the God of intelligence line to help me figure, I can't, I'm sorry, I broke it. We can know a little bit about God through creation. But until Jesus arrived, our understanding of God and his love for us was incredibly limited. Yes. Yes. So you know what God did to deal with that limitation? He invaded earth. He invaded earth. And nothing's been the same since. God could have picked a thousand different ways to communicate his love with us. But you know what? I could go through all of those. I could go through all, I mean, not all of them. He could have picked a thousand million different ways to communicate his love with us. But you know what he did? He done done it face to face. He didn't send a text. He didn't put up a billboard. He skipped the prophets. And he came face to face. Come on, church. He didn't send an angel, a prophet. He didn't even send a politician. He came himself. The Bible says God is love, not God has love. God is love. Listen, this may shock you this morning, but this is why we put it up here so you can write it down. I I hope you are shocked a little bit by it. Maybe it'll shock you to your senses. It It may shock you, but you were created as an object of God's love. Miss Reed came up during worship and she said, I got a prophet word. Somebody in here needs to know God loves them. Somebody in here knows, needs to know that God has come for them, that he's with them, that he hasn't abandoned them. Listen, you were created as an object of God's love. He made you in order to love you. And there are a lot of things that are going to change during your lifetime. But this morning, starting this Christmas sermon message, I want you to hear it and hear it well. God's love will never change. And Christmas is proof of that. It's time. It's time for God's people to celebrate because Christmas is our foundation and our unshakable confidence in the love of God. Just like there's nothing you can do to keep Christmas from coming each year, there's nothing you can do to keep God from loving you. It's 
based on who he is, not who we are. Ephesians chapter 3.19, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Here's the struggle, here's the struggle, here's the struggle. Christmas celebrations can cause us to only see Jesus as a baby. A helpless newborn. Mm. And I want you to know that if Jesus had never grown up to do what he did, he'd have no power to transform our lives. But that baby born in Bethlehem, come on. Come on, church. He didn't stay a baby. He grew into a man. Oh, my. He modeled for us a life that pleases God. Come on, church. He taught us the truth, paid for every sin, proved that he was God in the flesh by defeating the grave through his resurrection. On the cross, Jesus stretched out his arms and said, I would rather die than live without you. Is somebody who needs to hear that today. You don't think you have any value. You don't think your life's worth anything. And sometimes there is an antichrist spirit that hits Christmas season and declares that into people's lives. You don't have any value. You're not loved. You have no meaning. But that babe born in that manger didn't stay a babe. He died and became a man. He hung on the cross and said, I'd rather die than be without you. It's time to celebrate. This isn't Christian jargon. This isn't just, you know, a Christmas sermon series that we have to just endure because of the season at church. And then we'll get back to the the normal way of doing things. Listen, Christmas leaves us with no way to go back to the norm. You don't have a baby and go back to normal life. Life changes. Help me out. Babies change everything. <laughs> it's time. It is so, it's time to celebrate because God is with you. And loss, loss, especially during this time of year. I get it. I get it more than you think. Because every year at our house, at my daughter's house, we hang a stocking. Come on. And instantly, you're reminded of loss. I get it. I understand that. In ways that I thought I never could or would. But I also remember what God spoke to us as a family. And you don't understand my ways. You can know my heart. And I am with you. I am with you. I haven't changed my name. Is what I heard the Lord say. Come on, church. God's not changed his name, he's not changed his identity. I'm, I'm, I'm helping you. I'm getting there. 
Come on, church. Loss can make us feel like God is not with us. God's presence has nothing to do with your feelings. Your feelings are influenced by all kinds of unreliable emotions. And our emotions are always the results of memories and and hormones and medicines and lack of sleep and tensions and fears and stress. But God came at Christmas to remind you and I that he's always been there. He always will be there. He hasn't changed his name. His name is Emmanuel and he cannot deny himself Jesus has given the name of Emmanuel God with you no wonder the angel told the shepherds not to be afraid because you lose your fear when you know God is near glory to God can I say this God's presence always trumps our panic If you're here and you're listening And you feel in this moment that you've been abandoned in life Come on somebody By a spouse, a parent Children or friends I'm sure in this room there's not a person in here who has not Who has not experienced rejection and loss in some way Racism, bigotry, religious intolerance. And I am sorry that that happened to you. But God has not abandoned you. He has not abandoned you. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Church, it's time. It is time to celebrate because Christmas proves, regardless of our feelings and our emotions, that God is with us. That's joy. That brings joy. Not in spite of sorrow. But in the middle and because of it. Come on church. It's time to celebrate. Because God is for you. Have you ever gone through something in life and feel like. I, I, let's just be honest. Because I, listen I, I promised you all those years ago. That I couldn't be a preacher who would just blow smoke. That was just going to be Honest. And then more than not, people have come up to me after a sermon and said, Pastor Don, you, you can't tell people those things. And I would go, why? Well, they need to see you as perfect. And I'm like, you got the wrong person. <laughs> I have bad days. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I have bad attitudes. I get discouraged and depressed. Everybody, listen, right? I want to quit. Some days I don't want to get out of bed. Let me say this to you. If you're like me and you've gone through some things and there are some times in your life when you feel like God's out to get you. Like God is just waiting for you to mess up. Come on, church. Let me, let me tell you how I know you feel that way. Because when something goes sideways, your first initial is what I do wrong. What I do to deserve this. Yeah. 
See, you, you, you view God, your heavenly Father, the one called Emmanuel, the one who came in flesh so we would understand that we could say a word, Abba. The one who came, not so that he could know what we were like, but the one who came in flesh, come on church, so that we could know what he was like. When, you, when you're feeling this way, and it happens at Christmas because at Christmas there is an antichrist spirit. And that doesn't mean that it's coming to do away with the holiday. The antichrist spirit does not want to do away with the holiday of Christmas. It just wants to skew what we worship at Christmas. Oh, that's not even in my notes. Y'all pray for the second service because I don't know if that will come out again. If you feel like God is in heaven with his finger on a red button just waiting for you to mess up. It's that view of God that robs you of the ability to celebrate his goodness. And the truth is when we do mess up, God speaks over us. Israel had messed up. Israel had messed up. There's a famous scripture. Some of you maybe have it on your wall. You probably have it posted somewhere. Maybe you got it written down. You know, I, you, you got it written somewhere, posted somewhere. You know, I know the thoughts that I have for you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of, 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 of a future and a hope, right? <laughs> Careful. Do you know when God told his people that? Directly after he said, you messed up and you're going into cavity, captivity for 70 years. And then he says to them, but don't worry. I know the thoughts that I have towards you to give you a future and a hope. Everybody's going home and pulling that off the wall now. Like, wait, what? I'm going to go into captivity. Here's what I'm saying, church. Even when we mess up, God speaks hope over us. Not abandonment, not wrath. Come on, church, not, not exodus. He spe- I have a plan. Uh, I have a plan. I have a future to give you hope, right? I have. Come on, church. Even when we do mess up, God speaks over us. It's time to celebrate. Listen to these statements. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? That's an open-ended question. I would the Lord Jesus would show up physically in front of me and say, Don, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, have mercy. I, I, don't, I have no idea what would come out of my mouth. The possibilities are endless. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, speaking of the bread, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He speaks over us. He restores us by breaking himself. He puts us back together. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these if God is for us? Who or what could be against us? If you feel like God is just waiting for you to mess up, it's that view of God that robs you of the ability to see his goodness. And it is time, everybody say it's time. It is time to change that view of God. 
God doesn't want us to be afraid of him. He wants us to run to him. God says, God says in the Bible, do not be afraid some 365 times once for every day of the year. Come on, worship team. So where does our fear come from? That's a great question. You see, fear comes from two sources. A guilty conscience. And ignorance of what God is really like. Come on, church. And they're not a person in here that don't deal with both. Come on. You see, we mess up. We make mistakes. And, and we, don't, we don't help each other out when we see each other make a mistake. Instead of speaking life over each other, we, we are quick to condemn one another. It's, it's amazing how my expectations for other people are a whole much higher than my expectations of myself. I want to be careful. I'm, I said me. I didn't say you. Maybe you don't have an issue. I'm just saying. The Bible speaks to me and says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So why do I deal with a guilty conscience? Because I'm ignorant of who God really is. Because when Jesus hung his arms wide open on a cross and said, I would rather die than live without you. He intended that the slate would be wiped clean, including the slate of your conscience. And I'm just going to help some people out right now. Let me, let me explain to you your view and why you struggle with your own conscience. Well, I just can't forgive myself. Every person in this room has uttered those words. But not one person in this room can show me in the scripture where you are required to do that. You can't forgive yourself. If you could forgive yourself, you wouldn't need Jesus. He didn't require that of you. You want me to tell you why? Because he forgave you. Did you mess up? Somebody say, yeah. Yeah, did you make a mistake? Somebody say, yeah. Did Jesus come and born in a manger as a babe? Somebody say, yeah, it's time to celebrate, right? Did he grow up and become a man? Somebody say, yeah. Come on, because the Christmas gift is a gift that intended, God did not intend to stay wrapped or hidden away, but opened and enjoyed by everybody in this world. Listen, when you make a mistake, Jesus doesn't rub it in. He rubs it out. Mistakes, sins, failures, regrets. Do not be afraid. Can I say this? Stand with me. Jesus was born to save us, not to scare us. Glory to God. Why? Is Jesus so scary? 
The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. The Bible says that demons, demons, tremble. The mention of his name. But when Jesus talked to his disciples, you know what he said to them? I call you friends. He didn't come to scare us, church. He came to save us. It's time to celebrate. It's time to celebrate. You see, here, here's why Christians can't celebrate. We, we would rather debate whether Jesus was born in December or June. <laughs> We'd rather be right <laughs> about than embrace the fact that Jesus was born. Glory to God, I don't care. Listen, if y'all want to throw, I was born in March. If y'all want to throw a birthday party for me in August, I'll show up. I'll show up. Just go ahead. March 28th is my birthday, but if y'all wanted to throw a party for me in August, I'll show up. Cake and ice cream, I'm there. Presents, gifts, I'm there. My friends who I love, I'm there. Get over it. I know the sheep were still in the field. I, I, I realize it may have been, I don't care. I just don't care. Why? Because I'm embracing the fact that Jesus came and was born. I want to celebrate that. We just happen to do it every year in December. Come on, somebody. So don't send me no emails. Why not just celebrate? Have, it's joy to the world. It's joy to the world. The angel said, I have brought you good news for all people. Church, let's celebrate. If you're in this place this morning and you have a, you've always viewed God as something else, as someone who's out to get you, it's time. It's time. Everybody say it's time. It's time for you to come and receive the babe born in a manger, who a man who grew and died for you, who would rather die than live without you this morning. It is time for the joy of the Lord to fill your life so that you can celebrate the goodness of the Lord. I want you to come. I want you to come and receive Jesus Christ into your life. Come on, what better Christmas gift? Father, right now we thank you for this word. We celebrate your goodness. Lord, we just want to rejoice over you and in you, God. We're going to celebrate Christmas this year, God. Lord, it's time. It's time. Fill this house with joy. Not just this building, but each and every house that stands in this building that, that is the house of the Spirit of the Lord. Let the joy of the Lord fill us. Fill us. Feel us in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, church. This altar is open.
beginning of our celebration of Christmas. Thank you for this word that stirs our heart. And God, I want to pray over my brothers and sisters who right now enter this season different than they did last season. And it may be hard to find joy. Because this Christmas will be different than any other Christmas before. God, I pray that you would. You'd make this Christmas different than any other Christmas before. And I pray that just as the babe came in flesh and that his presence was undeniable, I pray a supernatural coming of your presence into their lives. That it would be undeniable. Lord, you don't give joy instead of sorrow. You give joy in spite of it and because of it. So, Lord, we celebrate your goodness in Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Turn around, tell someone it's time. Stop. God bless you. Merry Christmas.